The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by your other host, Jim Clark. What's up? What's up? Oh, man, this is not going to be a long episode. (laughs) Well, before we get to that, welcome to a new year, everybody. Hey, everybody had a good holiday season. It's a new year, dude. Not only is it a new year, not only is it our first episode of the year, it is also our 50th episode damn this is a special episode dude we should have had like sound effects ready to go people calling in and telling us their favorite yeah you know their favorite you know calling from david weiner uh uh, poltergeist uh, yep uh yeah all our old guests and some of our listeners some of the people we know for sure listen we could have them call in and say some stuff that man for a hundred that's okay you know what episode 100 yeah 50 is not that big yeah whatever everybody hits 50 yeah dude is where it's at episode 100 we're gonna have a celebration episode we'll we'll do a special episode is there a movie that you would consider the hundredth episode worthy like no matter if we're in the 80s you just say you know what this is going to be the movie we should watch but you give me time to think about that why don't we okay. give ourselves some time and then we can think about that? Okay. There's nothing on the top of your head where you're like, mm, this movie's considered a hundred. No, because I want to be very, very careful in my selection for that. Yeah. You know, I need time to process because it's going to be like, oh shit, I said this movie, but then I'm going to think of five other ones in five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it has to be seventies, nineties or, or after, because obviously we're covering eighties movies and, uh, for listeners who what? have been following along, they know we do in search of darkness documentary. We're following all mm-hmm. those movies and there's mm-hmm. two more volumes after this one. So we have to be very careful in what eighties movies we pick to kind oh, of go uh, over right off the top of my head. If I had to think of one, which I'm ashamed to say, I've never seen it. I've seen pieces of it is the exorcist. Oh, Just because see, of how there you key go to horror horror genre. That movie is that there you go. See, that's the, yes, I would agree with you. I would consider exorcist or, as worthy of episode one. I've never 100. seen um, Rosemary's baby. Uh, that one's decent or Suspiria. Sure. <laughs> Wasn't a fan know, of Suspiria myself, of but uh <laughs> never seen them. I want to see the remake. The remake looked pretty good, but then again, I've never seen the original. So what the fuck do I know? So anyway. there you have it though, right? Episode 50. It's the new year. Yes. It is 2022. Yes. Um, only it's a ju- gold one here today. We're literally only a couple days in too. It's it's the third yeah, of January, uh, and it's we're the third of January, and nothing, knock on wood, nothing bad has happened yet. So far, our year is clean. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't can't think don't of think anything, anything bad has happened that yet. really hit the news in the past couple of days. Yes, so. Uh, Unless you're a fan of Impractical Jokers. I heard, but I didn't know what happened. 
Well, yeah, Joe Gatto's leaving them for a while, uh, and and I don't know if it's for good, but he's he's leaving, and he's he, so he and his wife had an amicable split up. They ended up splitting up. Oh and shit! So now okay. he has to figure out how to live as a single dad and co-parent while you know doing all this stuff, and gotcha. he can't be touring and doing all that because they tour, they tour and they. Oh film, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I mean, so if you're a fan of the Impractical Jokers, you could probably say 2022 already started out kind of crappy. But uh, I don't think that's worthy of, of saying it's crappy. No, because I can't foresee him. I can foresee him taking a big step away, but I feel like he'll still pop up. Yeah, something will happen. You know he'll I mean? he'll pop in once in a blue moon or, or you know, come back to it once he's got a, a rhythm figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like the guy died. You know what I mean? But uh, for us, dude, we're 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 just back into 1983. Uh, this is the yes. second episode, right? Last week, um, mm-hmm. we saw Videodrome. Videodrome, and what a, what a film to follow that one up with. <laughs> Let's talk about it, dude. We taught, we checked out uh, the Tony Scott film, uh, The Hunger. Sarah Roberts is in jeopardy. Hey, lady, how about it? Stay with her, help her, for she has begun to feel the awful horror of the hunger. John Blaylock. The hunger has given him everlasting life. Until now, pray for him. Miriam Blaylock. She feeds one day in seven on the unsuspecting, and soon she will turn into something that you will never be able to forget. No matter how hard and how long you try, fear her. What have you done to me? Forever and ever. Life signs terminate right here. The timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie. The open sensuality of Susan Sarandon, combined to create a modern classic of perverse fear. Haunting. Mysterious, sensual, strange, perverse, riveting. The Hunger. Starring David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. Um, the two yes. main, main, like the biggest names in this movie. Yeah. This is a vampire film. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a way to put it, but that's. Or there's vampires yes. in this film. Yes. <laughs> so I did this to you last time, dude, but I'm going to do it to you again. Cause really, how would you explain this movie? Like how, what would you, if, if somebody said, what is that movie about? What would you say? Okay. So I would say this is not your typical vampire horror film. Don't go in with that mentality. Yeah. It's more of a, it's more of a romance than a horror film in my opinion. And even, even yeah. not even a romance, dude. It's, it's, it's more of a drama. It's like an erotic, a romance drama. Yeah. I look, I saw it as an erotic thriller. 
And I wouldn't even. It's difficult because erotic horror. I, I don't want to label it as an erotic film. You didn't think so. I wouldn't label it as an erotic film in the classic sense of an erotic film. What do you mean by that? What's the classic sense? So for me, the classic sense of an erotic film is using sex, sex and sexuality in a manner for the purpose of that to show pornographic material. Oh, erotic is not the same as pornographic. That's two different things. But, so but in, in a very, films, very, very, very soft core sense. No, not Granted, even. This was, erotic but I don't films think it was done about, for that reason. So erotic films are more about the, the, the sexual overtones and not actual sex. So you can have an erotic film and not show sex whatsoever, but it'd be very sexually uh, driven. Do you know what I mean? Suggestive. Okay. Yes. Okay. Even, yeah, I can you know, even just making yeah, yeah. out petting shit like that like you can it, depending on yeah. on kind of the intention of of the characters it can be it's considered erotic and for this it's a very erotic thing that's happening when it comes to the storyline with this this vampire trying yes. to claim another human right it's very erotic it's very kind of sexually charged yes however i still i still wouldn't live again to me the the erotic label is in my mind, at least when I look at it is used more so for a film where that's the purpose is they're using that eroticism yeah. as uh, the sexual element to drive the film. Gotcha. Um, but I don't think that that's what they were using that for in this film. I think it right. had to come back basically to the, to the base of what vampire movies and stories are about. They're very erotic in themselves, right? Not for the eroticism, but because that's just the nature of the being. And I don't think this is just strictly erotic. That's why you have to throw in thriller and horror with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But so, okay. So I never saw it before. And I come to you. I'm like, so what is this movie about? It's a, uh, basically a love triangle um, in which uh, this vampire S vampire S is that how you pronounce that word? Um, uh, Her, her boy toy is aging out and she's getting another one. And David Bowie's the boy toy. Yes. And Susan Sarandon is the other one. Yeah, there's a reason. Right. So that would be my 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 brief sum up the. Yeah. And this is uh, and there's it's just. But even saying that coming in, somebody coming into this movie, they're going to be like, that's I can see what you mean by that. But this movie is so far off from anything I thought it was going to be. Right. Because so so basically we have two vampires. We have David Bowie. And mm-hmm. we have, I forget the, the actress Miriam. who plays this. Uh, Miriam's oh, the character. Uh, uh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's John and Miriam, right? Mm-hmm. And th- they establish yes. that these are two vampires. We find out because at the beginning of the film, they bring back two club goers uh, to their ha- mm-hmm. to their apartment, their, their whatever, and they, they kill them. They, they suck their yeah. blood and feed on them. Um, <clears throat> we also get, like, we also find out that during the they're okay to go out during the day they're not normal vampires they're not typical vampires these are day walk vampires and they're fine with it uh they have jobs they're normal what they do is they teach classical music they have this little girl that comes Mm -hmm. and they're teaching classical music and with little flashbacks we see that like the reason that classical music plays into this is when miriam first encountered john was way back in like the victorian age and he was like this classical cellist right yeah so that's how long they've been together and they've been aging through the, the decades. And so now in the eighties, this is where they find themselves. John starts to realize that Miriam was not honest with him in terms of how long he's going to live. Cause he's not pure vampire. He's human. She's pure vampire. 
And mm-hmm. the way they made it sound was because he's not pure, he's going to age. He'll still age. Um, but I don't understand why the aging became so rapid that I didn't, I, I didn't catch it. I, I don't know if I missed something. I don't know why the aging was rapid. I think it was just the nature of those was beings. It, and that's was it because it also was. he was missing out on feeding so much. So he started to age faster. Oh, well, well, no, no. The whole thing was he couldn't sleep. And in order to, to maintain that youthfulness, he needs to be able to feed and sleep. And sleep that's and right. He wasn't able to that's, sleep. He it was had the, the sleep thing. Yes. And that's why he wanted to go and meet with Susan Sarandon's character, who is this scientist, this doctor who's studying sleep and the effects of uh, it has on aging. And mm-hmm. they're working with these monkeys that like, they're just basically studying them. They're finding out that some yeah. of them went crazy. And I don't know if it explained that why they went crazy and ripped the other ones to shreds. <sighs> I don't know. It's kind of weird, right? It the, the way it was presented initially felt like there should have been connection between the two, between them feeding as vampires yeah. and yeah. this thing going insane. But I didn't pick up on it. I didn't pick up anymore. on it either. Um, yeah. So he goes to want to talk to her about it, and in the process of doing that, like he's sitting in the waiting room waiting for her. He's waiting for a while. Like he's waiting for years and years and years because he ages. It's not really years and years. Yeah. A few hours goes by, but he literally ages from maybe in his mid thirties to fifties, sixties, year, 60 years old. And, uh, he's annoyed. He's like, man, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, yeah. And she made him wait that long because she, you know, he, he approached her initially and is just like, I want you to know I'm younger than I look right. Like, I know I look mm-hmm. like I'm older, but like, I'm, this is my age or, or vice versa. I'm older than I like, I can't remember what he was saying, but she goes, no, he was uh, saying, saying I, I I'm 30 years old. That's what it was. Yeah. This picture was taken yesterday. Um, and she thinks he's kind of a, a, a kook, like a loony bin. So that's why she kind yeah. of blood brushes him off. But when she sees him as he's leaving all annoyed, she's like, holy shit, he really is aging super fast. She tries to stop him and he's like, nah, peace out. And he leaves. So she tracks him down to the apartment. Right. But before mm-hmm. she gets there, we literally watch him continue to age like well into his 90s when he gets there. And he's like, you know, yeah, yeah. Put me out of my misery is what he's basically telling Miriam. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be this soul. Just put me out of my misery. And she's just like, I'm sorry. Well, this well, is your, you yeah. Know, before your that, curse. we find out that this this little girl that they're giving the lessons to—that's who she's grooming to be her next, uh, yes, her next lover. That's right, basically. Um, and he kills her. Yeah, he kills her at the house after he's like super, super old. Yeah, yeah. He ends up killing the little girl. Uh, he gets yeah. super old where where he can't even move anymore. So Miriam picks him up. And takes him to this room where there's a whole bunch of coffins and puts him in the coffin and then puts him away. And basically where the, the impression is, is that these are all her past lovers that have had this similar fate. They're all still alive in there, but they're mm-hmm. just super, super old and can't do anything. So they have eternal life, but not eternal youth. Right. And then Susan Sarandon shows up because she wants to talk to this guy like, oh, my God, you know, this aging thing's crazy. And Miriam's like, oh, go ahead and come in. And uh, why don't we start making out? Right. Like she's, she's, she's basically, she's, she's seducing her. She's using her whatever. And there's the scene where she spills stuff on her. And I don't know if maybe they were also pushing the fact that Susan Sarandon was curious anyway, like by curious, because it kind of felt that way. Like she was just kind of like, okay, I could get into this. I don't know if it was that, or I, if it was, I feel like the Miriam hypnotism type thing. Of, yeah. Yeah. That vampires do. Yeah. Because I think establishing her character as having a boyfriend already. Um, and then other than that, there was no indication that she was into women, except she was inter interacting with Miriam. So I think it was more yeah. like a hypnotism thing. So they end up 
having sexual relations and Miriam feeds on her and, and basically does the same thing she did to John, right? She's, yes. she's, she basically Changes took her. in Susan Sarandon and uh, Susan ends up leaving and going to dinner with her husband. And he's questioning why she was gone for so husband, boyfriend, boyfriend, I think. Yes, and he's boyfriend. just like, why were you gone for so long? She's like, we we're just talking this thing. He's like for three hours. Right. Um, and he knows she's acting weird. So I, th- did he say something about drugs? Is that why they tested her blood? Cause he made them test her blood and that's how they found out there's some weird shit going on with her blood. I don't know. I was wondering why they tested her blood. See, there's so many like ambiguous things in this movie that made me go like, wait, why would they do that? Like, so they do, they test her blood and they find out, you know, there's something going on with her that the blood in there is like, it's like two different types of blood and one's fighting to take over the other. It's like, okay, I don't know how you notice that and see it, but all right. Uh, and she starts to go through these changes, right? And and she goes back to talk to what's her name? And Miriam's like, yeah, you're going to be a vampire now. And this is how it Sorry, works. Bitch. And you have to Sorry, bitch. you have to feed. And she's like, no, I'm never going to do that. And she's like, oh, you'll see when the hunger kicks in, right? And that's what's happening. It's like she's going through withdrawals. It looks like it, you know? And so she's, yeah. so Miriam's like, here, let me put you up in my room uh, that's full of pigeons. This is my pigeon room. Just come hang out in here and lay on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the husband first, and then a cop comes around looking for the missing girl. This cop comes around. What's the name of the oh, guy the that plays girl. him? The the cop because he's familiar. Oh. He's been in a whole bunch. Yeah, of things, I've dude. seen him in something for two. Um, but this, yeah, this detective what was the cop's name. Oh, uh, Dan Dan Hedea. Dan Hedea. That's right. Yes. Usual suspects. Oh yeah, he's in a lot of stuff, dude. If you see the, if you see him, you'll be like, oh, that guy. I've seen him yeah. in pretty much everything. Uh, the detective is looking for this little girl and he wants to talk to John and Miriam's like, you know, John's out of the country. He's not around right now. He's in Switzerland. So he's like, all right, I'll be back. Um, Great detective work. (laughs) All right. Peace out. I'll be back since you say so. Uh, Then uh, Susan Sarandon's boyfriend's coming looking for her. And and he's like, you know, where's she at? She, you know, she's been gone and she's been acting weird and whatever. And she's like, oh, she's up in my pigeon room. And so, um, he goes, I call it pigeon. I mean, she obviously doesn't say it. it's just this room full of pigeons. Um, and then he goes, he goes up there and he's just like, what are you doing? You need to come home. And she's fighting him. Like, no, you need to get away. And she's like spazzing out on the floor too. And he's like, shut up, bitch. I'm taking you home because in the eighties, that's just what it was. Men just told what women what they were doing and physically yep. took them. You know what I mean? And that's just how it works. Um, she finally is just like, okay, fine. Right. And then you could start seeing she's like, it's real tight shots, right. Of her, like looking at his neck and just kind of like mm-hmm. running well, her fingers over his thing. shoulder. Yeah. And she ends up killing him. We don't see it happen, but from downstairs, there's all this commotion where above the chandelier, there's this banging on the floor and Miriam's looking up at the floor and we kind of get this thing. Okay. So this happened. Then Susan Sarandon comes down and, uh, you know, Miriam's like, you're going to learn to love it. You know, you're going to forget your old life kind of a thing. And Susan Sarandon and Susan Sarandon is like, all right, let's do this. And so they just start making out again. But what she ends up doing, Susan Sarandon, is she takes this little knife. So the Miriam was wearing this necklace. It was an onk. And it, when you pull off the bottom, it was a little blade. Right. And that's how they would cut open people's throats and drink. So she takes that from Miriam's neck and stabs it into her own neck. 
like into the carotid artery, which causes all of this blood to flow into Miriam's mouth now, which I'm assuming like doing a reverse, it was going to kill her because that's the way they made this thing go down. But it was weird because when that happened, all of a sudden there was an earthquake, right? Yeah. The room's rumbling and, and going side to side and all these coffins bust open and all of these old lovers come out and they start going after Miriam and, uh, end up knocking her over the banister and she falls down a bunch of flights of stairs and is at the bottom of the stairs and now she's starting to age and till they all decay like everyone decays all the old lovers and miriam they all decay yeah then it's like the next day or two days later or however many days later um the the investigator shows up again the detective's like all right i'm here to talk to john and this dude comes out and he's like, hey, I'm the realtor. I'm selling this place. He's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, it was a tragic accident and uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then it cuts away to London and Susan Sarandon's there and she's making out with this other woman now. And basically she's the new vampirist or whatever. And that's Which, your movie. Yeah. But here's the thing that really was off putting to me, dude. Now, I know Tony Scott is is uh, he's a lot of his movies are well known for how nice they look. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, this move, this one specifically, this is before. So this is his first film. And then he did Top Gun right after this. And that's where he just blew up and started doing like everything else. Right. All these 80s action films. Yeah. This to me was like an early 80s music video extended the entire thing looked like a music video the light the dramatic white lighting coming from these giant windows right and every window in the rooms that they were in were always open with these flowing white curtains that were constantly just billowing mm-hmm. around and then pigeons galore like just white pigeons that would fly up and, and or doves not pigeons doves just flying around right like and then all of these weird scenes, these kind of stylized cut to this, cut back, cut to this, cut back. And it was shots specific to look a certain like music video-esque, right? Like, like um, uh, what's his name? David Bowie sitting in the chair waiting, right? And he's silhouetted and it's it's the white light from behind him. And it's, yeah. it's, it all very, looked a lot, like a, a lot of blue light in this film. Yeah a lot of blue side lighting like everything mm-hmm. was side lighting in this in this film and everything was dark because it was either backlit or the side lighting was super harsh so a lot of the film is very shadowy like you don't see much of of the faces during interactions and i don't know it didn't work for me dude like the way the film looked didn't work for me at all and it threw me off so much that like then i said as i'm trying to just grasp onto what's the what's the story here like what's the point it's we're just seeing the fact that this woman's time to get herself a new lover and that's it like if that's really what the story is then oh are you serious yeah yeah Um, i was not a fan of this i mean i'm sorry there's probably people who love this film and i know it's a cult one of these cult classics but i was not a fan dude (laughs) so I have to agree with you in certain ways and disagree with you in certain ways. So there were things yeah. that I really, really loved about this film. I loved the way it was shot. Really? I loved the classical music with it. And it's because of the classical music without that classical music, it would have been, I, I wouldn't have liked the way it was shot. 
it felt so overly dramatic dude like like how long did we have to see her profile with the black veil and that slow tear going down I swear to God, 15 minutes went by before they finally changed to another scene. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, Um, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) But to me, it was very operatic. It felt like they filmed an opera. Okay, I see what you're saying. That coming at it from that angle is why I liked those pieces of it. Were you a fan of the editing, though? Yes, I was. I was because I knew that it was cutting back and forth. But see, I also knew that it was supposed to have this this I. They, I feel like they could have translated and relayed the flashback information a little bit better and a little bit differently. Not even um, that, dude. Like but, there was a scene where, oh, where were they? They were in the apartment and then it would cut to something else and it would, oh, and the music well, switched back and forth too. Immediately. Well, there was also the scene where at the beginning where they're in the lab and they're talking about the monkey that went insane yeah. when they were at the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would, it was them there in the room talking about the monkey, but then they would cut to shots of David Bowie. That kind of threw me off a little yeah. bit. So things like that yeah. did. However, going in on a second watch, because it was my first watch where I came up with, where, where I was able to put the, the, um, the operatic lenses on and watch it from that sort of uh, advantage point. Going back and knowing that that was coming, that, that weird edit or another weird edit was coming. It was easier to watch a second time in that way. See, it wasn't I knew. for me. Wow. Um, cause I saw it twice too. And my second viewing, I still felt the same, a little stronger. Liked, actually. You saw it two times. Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked the concept of the story. Um, I just didn't necessarily like the execution of the story. Yeah. There was so much stuff that was kind of meh, like the investigator I, I with like, the girl that yeah, wasn't needed. I feel like the, the, the directing had it been a little bit done, had it been done a little bit differently, would have landed into that operatic sense more and would have made the film a better film. Um, I just don't feel like like those two, the way it was filmed from the director's standpoint and that aspect of it being like an opera, the way they were done individually didn't mesh to make one good product. They were kind of. Yeah. Side by side, you this movie I mean? felt. You know what this movie felt like to me? It felt like it was unfinished. It felt like it was I not can complete. See that. Like they yes. needed to continue to do more, maybe cut certain things like, out. Because again, what's the point to the investigator if he's not causing any kind of issue for them whatsoever? He's not snooping around. He's not coming yeah, around. He doesn't constantly. Propel, He does not propel the story at all. He should you know, have not even been in the story. That and which would mean um, you can remove the little girl. You don't even need that, right? You just don't. You can, no, you can yeah, have, again, you didn't need that. Um, the uh, this movie, oh, by the way, was only an hour and 37 minutes long. Yeah, it felt like much longer. Felt like I could have done it with at least uh, a two hour long movie in order to get all that other stuff in there. I think it needs you know I mean? stuff whether we out. would have been able to sit there for another two Dude, hours, the amount for a whole of two hours, the amount of focusing on slow motion billowing curtains and and flying doves. You know, the amount of time we spent on that could have been yes. cut from the film. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. You could tell a better yes, story. But again, with a like lot I of the said, I think that was had. done. Yes, I know it's stylized. I, I, it was, again, that's I the think, point. Yes, it's very stylized. And that was the whole point. You got to look at it through that lane. Like I said, you're not coming into a regular horror vampire story. Oh, second time this watching something it. completely different. Yeah. Second time watching it. I know what I'm coming into, but I still have to say I criticize the. The, the the director's choice to really make this look like an extended music video because it's literally looks yes. like an extent it looks like a so if you ever seen um meatloaf 
I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Mm. You know what I mean? I've never seen, ever seen it. Video. No, no. Oh, dude. So no, do me a favor. Video. As soon as we're done, I'm going to send you the link and just watch it. And when you watch the visuals, you're going to laugh out loud and be like, oh, yeah, this is very much like the hunk. <laughs> because what it is, is the story of Beauty and the Beast, right? It's an updated story of Beauty and the Beast for that video. Mm-hmm. But it's literally filmed like the hunger. You'll see what I mean. It looks it, interesting. It's, and that's that's where I'm coming from. Having seen those types of videos through the 80s and 90s, you know, seeing that stuff because you can use stylized ways to tell a story. Look at Michael Bay, dude, you know, over the top with his his cinematography, his director of photography, all that stuff is always kind of over a tap. It's super cinematic and it's very stylized. Mm-hmm. But then it looks like a certain like it has a good look to it, whereas this it was very stylized, like the like 1985 Pepsi commercials or like music videos of the time. And so for me, it was so tough. Even the second time knowing what was coming was still like, Oh, I can't take this dude. Yes. And I, and, and I will give you that. And I will agree with you there. I, I probably not going to put this movie on again um, for a very long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely, pass. I did. I, but I did, I did appreciate those aspects of it for those reasons that I've explained, you know, interesting. Yeah. That, that giving it that opera opera type style, it was different. And it was, like I said, had the directing been a little bit different, I, I think in, in the movie, uh, and, and I understand not having a longer movie, but movie was a little bit longer. I think the movie would sit differently. Uh, but that, I mean, that's just one guy's opinion. So. I'm trying to look through the list of all the movies we've talked about so far. And I don't know that I've felt as strongly really not liking a film before. Really? Yeah. What else have we watched that I've, I've well, not really liked much because I was looking through. I don't and I'm know. Like, I think you mostly liked all of them. Yeah. There's ones where I'm like, eh, I mean, it wasn't that great. Um, like, yeah, dude, I'm looking at our list right now and I'll tell yeah, you what. They've when, all. They might not have been the best films, but there was always something in there that kind of like stuck out and made you like the film. Like even Q. Yeah, even Q. Because of what it is. And what's his name? Uh, The standout um, actor. Jesus Christ. I fucking loved his performance in that movie. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Basket case, dude. You know, but there's just something about it that lends to it that makes you love it. It's off the wall crazy. And and that's great. I can see where you would argue that with this. And, And just the hype again. The hypersexuality of this movie. I think Cat People I, um, was the one I wasn't as much of a fan of, but I, I, did, I didn't have as strong of feelings about not liking it as oh, this one. Because I, I know you loved um, Catwoman and, or Cat, <laughs> Cat People. Um, but going back to it, the, the, the hypersexuality of this film, I don't, I understand where they're coming from with it because vampires are very sexual, sensual creatures and i get that that's what they were playing on i just don't think we needed it as graphic as it was in the coming, 80s like i did. said dude, at the beginning <laughs> well yes and like i said at the very beginning of the episode after watching videodrome last week and coming into this and how much uh, uh sex and nudity was in this um yeah dude i think Crazy. they really tried to sell this film on that i'm telling you man um it's funny because like I, we said this before, there's a whole lot of movies that, that are coming up that I've not seen. And just because they're on, on this list, you know, doesn't mean that we're going to always enjoy them. And, and the best thing oh, I, no, I, I got to be no. honest, a lot of the times, one of the things I really love is when you and I see two different sides of it. I really do. I love yeah. when I can't I, I don't like something and you just tell me why you like it because I can see where you're coming from, you know, and I, yeah, and I and like sometimes that. I like vice versa. Both. And you'll change my opinion, you know? Yeah, exactly. Vice versa. 
Um, but this one was tough, man. This one, again, I just couldn't get past that. I was being force fed uh, an hour and a half music video <laughs> you know, with, with such a flimsy story to care about. Like there was nothing to care about. Yeah. There was what, what else did I know about her other than being a scientist? Nothing. I have zero to, to tie me to her emotionally. The boyfriend was there any sort of save the cat? Was there any sort of save the cat for any of these characters to make me care about them? That's what I'm saying. There there wasn't a thing. There's not one character in this film that makes you care about him at all. And so again, that's another thing that made it hard to kind of attach to. So hey, they're not going to always be winners, and we're not always going to have hour and a half conversations based on them. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, no, I hear you, dude. That I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, dude. But I am looking forward to seeing the next film. Yes. Because yeah, I was very interested because I've never really dove into the sequels. Right. Um, and this will be the first sequel. Uh, so this will be, and this takes place like several years after the original. So, oh yeah. And I, um, I know I've seen it back in the past, but I don't remember it. You know what I mean? It was one of those things ah, where like I watched okay. it when I was younger, uh, again, younger during these afternoon matinee creature feature films. Um, and I just don't remember much of it. I just remember it being the sequel to Psycho, which I had already known about. And I was a fan. Like I said before, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of Hitchcock films, dude. There for me, there's so many things that he did that was, you know, groundbreaking, cutting edge, you know, style, Mm -hmm. stylistic things he did with filming. You know, that that effect where you zoom in on the character, but their background looks like it's pulling away as that whole thing. Yes, he created that. You know what I mean? I love that. Me too. And I absolutely love that. So um, so the first film, Psycho. I've seen a trillion times. I know it inside and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Psycho 2, I really, I am looking forward to this because I think it's going to be awesome. And it's like, I, I have a feeling I'm really going to, basically, it's going to be good to come back to a movie that I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> good, 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 good. Because what do we got? We got after that, we got Cujo. Oh, got see, another one. Christine. So the rest of 83 here is going to be pretty good. Dude, it's going to bang its way out. That's the, those are some banger movies. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, so I, I think, well... I've seen all the other. Well, I haven't seen Christine, um, but I know what Christine's about. Yeah, and I know the the source material. Yeah. Um. So I have a feeling I'm gonna like that film, but um, I, I think The Hunger was crazy. Two Stephen Kings the, almost back to back. Yeah, basically. You know. Um, Interesting. You're gonna check out the, the first Psycho before this. Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch the first Psycho before. I've seen it a handful of times, um, but I just wanna. And like eventually we're going to get into cycle three. So before I watch that for the show, I'll probably watch one and two again. You know, it'd be kind of like cool to go do. back and visit howling too. So I'll probably watch the howling again before I do that. Maybe you know on, I mean? on an interim, uh, maybe even after the 83, we, we should do a, um, a, a, what do you call it? Uh, where we watch the original and then watch a remake and then compare and contrast it. So we should watch the original Ooh. psycho and then watch the remake with yes. Vince Vaughn. And, yes. And Cause we were talking name? about doing this. Cause I just picked up the, the psycho remake. Yeah. So um, it could be kind of cool after so. 83. Let's just kind of throw that in there because we'd have talked about psycho two already. Uh, yeah. That could be fun and it could be short. We'll just do maybe one in between and go back into 84 or yeah. make it a little longer. Dive right we'll into 84 or whatever. Oh man. Um, 
Yeah, that was the hunger. <laughs> that was the hunger. All right, Shadow People, listen, thanks so much for listening. We're happy to have you back in the new year. We've got a lot of fun things planned coming up, so stick around. Uh, listen, if you have friends, you have family members that like podcasts that are into 80s horror or horror at all, uh, tell them to check us out, man. T- spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Um yeah, I want to grow the community more. You know what I mean? I'm thinking. Hell yeah, dude. I know we have an out of the shadows page for the podcast, but what if we created an out of the shadows group where all the listeners could just be as part of a group page where they interact and discuss all the horror movies and stuff that we have? Oh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Or we can just start more interactions and like kind of conversation starters on our page. So if you're not following our page, head over to Facebook, look us up out of the shadows podcast. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. We do have a, 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 a what do you call it? A profile on slasher. However, that one's pretty far behind. I still haven't gotten uh, the password updated on that. So anyway, uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. Jim, you have any other messages for the folks before we head out? Uh, oh, um, uh, screens coming out. Make sure you get your tickets. Oh yeah. We got to get our tickets. Yes, we do. But yes, uh, other than that, no, just stay healthy, uh, stay safe, and be kind to one another. There you go. That's all I got. There you go. Shadow people, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. And until then, remember, keep your eye on the shadows.